Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society Patient Centricity Focus Area Working Group's two-part podcast series on publication plain language summaries. In this second podcast, we will discuss key learnings from a patient perspective in relation to developing publication plain language summaries. I'm Karen King and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. I currently serve as a member of the Patient Centricity Focus Area Working Group and I'm Head of Medical Strategy at CMC Affinity, a medical communications agency. I'm also a researcher and published author on publication plain language summaries. Just to say the views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or regulatory advice. So we encourage you to engage in conversations about plain language summaries with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account and click on the discussion tab. Then scroll down to evidence generation to post a question or review previous postings. The podcast objectives are to explain what publication plain language summaries are and how patients find them useful. And also to share real life patient experience of being involved in reviewing plain language summaries and key points to consider from a patient's perspective when developing PLS. Please refer to the content hub on the MAPS website for an accompanying Elevate article which covers this topic in more detail. I'd like to really thank today's panelist, Simon Stones, a patient advocate for sharing his expertise with the MAPS membership. Simon, please could you introduce yourself? Thanks for inviting me along, Karen. Um, so I'd lived with juvenile psoriatic arthritis from the age of three and Crohn's disease from the age of 14, alongside another of the, uh, other conditions. Uh, and I've really been a patient advocate since 2012 when I was invited to sit on a national paediatric rheumatology clinical studies group here in the UK as the first young person representative. And since then, I've really just taken every opportunity to uh, help make a difference, advocating locally, nationally and internationally for patients and families to be valued, respected and involved in their care and research, um, as well as pushing for increased transparency and communication with patients and families. Um, using my quote, research belongs to all of us. Um, I've been involved in far too many things to mention, but here's a, a light snapshot. Um, I've served on over 70 different groups and committees, and um, co-authored over 150 research and advocacy-related publications and presentations. Um, so I've seen lots of different experiences over the years. I'm also currently a trustee of a charity called RAISE, which supports young people with invisible illnesses. And I've previously served as a trustee of Fibromyalgia Direction UK. I'm also the past president of the European Network of Fibromyalgia Associations too. And in addition to my um, advocacy mission, I've also undertaken a PhD in applied health research. Um, and in that, I've developed recommendations to inform and empower young people with arthritis to take control of their health and well-being. So I've really got this nice 360 degree view um, from patient perspective. Thank you, Simon. 
So first of all, we're going to start with a very quick definition of some of the terms that will be used in the podcast. There are two different types of lay summaries, um, so this is just to avoid any confusion. There are clinical trial summaries and also publication plain language summaries or PLS. Clinical trial summaries are now a legal requirement in Europe and they are typically templated summaries hosted on clinical trial databases summarising the results of the trial in plain language for patients, typically for patients that were involved in the trial. Publication plain language summaries are summaries which accompany manuscript publications which can be in different formats and styles and hosted in different locations including on the journal site. So this also includes summaries in plain language of Congress abstracts often uh, shown on Congress posters and today we are focusing on our experience with publication plain language summaries as there's really limited guidance on this topic and we often get lots of questions about this um, as well as the fact that it's really increasing in interest. So now that we've covered that Simon I wondered if you could possibly outline your recent experience with helping to develop publication plain language summaries for Congress abstracts. So I've been involved in reviewing both manuscript and abstract plain language summaries um, for around two years now. And that's mostly been working in a freelance capacity with uh, one medical communications agency. Um, and they have a pool of patient partners as part of the review process. So we're made aware in advance that some abstract plain language summaries are on their way and the timeline ahead. And when they arrive with the agency, um, they, they come over to me by email and I typically have the abstract plain language summary and the original abstract in front of me as I review. Now, first and foremost, I think it's important that I need to make sure that the, the plain language summary is easy to understand and interpret the patients and non-specialists. And so I'll make a number of comments and suggested changes to improve the plain language summary. I also advocate against dampening down the science since I believe this can sometimes lead to inaccuracies in lay terms. So rather, you know, concepts and data need to be explained and illustrated so that patients and other non-specialists instantly know what the material is trying to suggest. And once I've made all of those suggestions, I send them back off to the team to then incorporate. It's always really useful to sort of hear back um, as to how my feedback has or has not been incorporated. And I think, you know, after all, we can all learn from each other's expertise. And extending beyond that role, I've also been involved uh, in a couple of pilot studies alongside the agency and the sponsor. And so these have been great opportunities um, for the patient lens to be added to that conversation. Um, and it's a lens which has been historically overlooked in medical communications. Um, and we've published and discussed the findings um, of these pilot studies at the ISMAP conferences over the last few years. And it's great to see that add into the conversation and the, the evidence base for the use of abstract plain language summaries. That's really interesting, Simon. Do you think there's a real genuine interest from patients in reading the recent research relevant to their condition? I don't think there's a genuine interest. I know there is one. Um, you know, my perspective is that research belongs to all of us. You know, we're no longer in that era of either it's ours nor one of them and us. You know, we, we must also eliminate some of the delusions about patients that we as a group are uneducated are incapable of understanding research or less trusted than those in trained roles. 
you know, from my perspective, it's immoral and quite truthfully unethical. Um, and, and let me start by saying that, you know, patients aren't one group, just like researchers, health professionals, you know, patients are a dynamic, varied group of people with different interests and abilities. You know, you'll find some people who, who don't want to know anything about research, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but you'll also have some who are interested but don't know where to begin with finding information out. And you'll find those, I guess, similar to me in a sense, who are interested and actively involved in research. And also using research to shape care of, of, of themselves, but also of their communities. And I'm particularly active in the world of rheumatology. And over the years, you know, I've seen a real growing number of patients and carers presenting their own research at conferences, you know, being involved in conducting and disseminating research, as well as identifying new research outputs to, to use themselves, but also to share with their communities. Now, fundamentally, you know, patients have the right to access those research findings as soon as they're available. And they need to be in formats which are accurate, but most importantly, accessible. Without patients, this industry wouldn't exist. Therefore, the very least I think we can do is to thank patients for taking part in research, involve them in designing and conducting that research so it's fit for purpose, and also ensure that they receive the results of the research that they have contributed to, and that should be irrelevant to the outcome. Thanks, Simon. I think that's really valuable feedback. As a patient yourself, what would you recommend then regarding the best format for a publication plain language summary? And what do you think patients really want to be included in that summary? I think others have already quite clearly shown that, you know, the promise of infographics, um, and I completely agree with uh, that finding. Um, you know, I want to see concise, non-technical text with data visualizations to amplify those key messages that they've given piece of research, you know, for people with varying levels of health literacy and health numeracy. Other formats such as videos can be useful in certain circumstances and for certain audiences, and I you know I'll give the example of children and young people. Um, but the likes of those multimedia videos can be a little problematic when individuals are trying to search the information because they're you know they're less easy to index, for example. And in terms of content, you know, for patients, the key points are what does this mean for me? And how does this influence my care or the care of my community? That's ultimately what people really want to know, supplemented by the research context, for example, disease area or, you know, a drug mechanism of action. Other information, such as, you know, the study methods are important, but potentially of less interest to patients wanting to know what this means to them. But nevertheless, I think it's important that those points are communicated so that we can help people to interpret the level of evidence when they're looking at these um, plain language summaries. Thanks, Simon. That's really interesting. And in terms of working in partnership with patients, the pharmaceutical sponsors, the medical um, communications agencies, um, when they're working in partnership with patients to review the PLS, um, can you sort of maybe talk us through what the most important considerations are during that development process? I think you've got to remember that patient partners are a part of your team, just like you would do with any of your colleagues. Clear and consistent communication is key. So firstly, you know, ensure that all of the practical elements of the partnership are dealt with and facilitated by yourselves. So this includes the likes of contracting, agreed payment rates, confidentiality agreements, amongst other things. You know, it's, it's then important to touch base with your patient partners when you have some potential work to review to see whether they're able and willing to support you on this occasion. 
um, and really outlining, you know, when they're expected to receive the plain language summaries of the review and when they need to be completed by. And I think just this open, transparent way of communicating just enables people to make informed decisions about whether they can support you or not. You know, we all know the unpredictability of timelines within the industry, so it's important if you can keep this dialogue flowing. And the same also goes once patient partners have provided their input and feedback, uh, and I think that includes any follow-up comments from the medical writers and editors, for example. Ideally, it would also be useful to provide feedback to patient partners um, about how their comments and changes were incorporated or why they weren't. Um, you know, I strongly believe in mutual learning and, and I'm sure other patient partners agree with me too on that point. Um, so I think that's also why you, know, you should also consider appropriate training for patient partners um, and, and approach that topic with them to see if there's anything that you can do to support them in their role. And, you know, for some, this may be, you know, understanding the business of medical communications a little better. Um, or it might be something more specific, such as understanding readability scores. I think, you know, the key thing is to use this as an opportunity for you to support your patient partners, in addition to them supporting and educating you and your team and the business about the experience and expertise of patients. Thank you, Simon. It sounds like communication is really key um, throughout that whole process. So moving on, in terms of what you recommend in order to help the publication plain language summaries reach um, more patients, any um, thoughts on that, Simon? Definitely. Um, and I think, you know, the key thing is developing a good dissemination strategy, which sometimes doesn't form part of this conversation. So industry colleagues particularly those based within Europe tend to err on the side of caution and um, particularly around that fear of blurring the lines between education and promotion and I think when this happens either no publication plain language summaries are developed or when they are developed they're not utilized as much as they should be um, so I think one of the, the, one, of the one of the most important routes really is to um, reach that wider group of patients and carers and that can be done um, by working with patient and carer organisations. And when I say that, I also include the medical research charities. So engaging in that mutual dialogue about providing accessible research findings to patients and carers is one sure and certain way um, you know, of ensuring patients and carers are able to access and utilise that, that information. Thank you, Simon. And lastly, to finish, if you had just three top tips for the MAPS community who might be considering developing publication plain language summaries and maybe just starting out in that process, what, what would they be? I think my first one would be that you need to recognise that this is where the industry is shifting. Um, so a place where research is much more transparent, dynamic, inclusive and patient-centred. And I think don't be afraid of communicating with patients, um, although it might feel like a big step. If you are new to developing plain language summaries, begin the process as a phased approach and perhaps with a pilot um, to help you align your team and, and your organisation to see the value of plain language summaries, but rest assured that it's already happening elsewhere. My second top tip would be to bring plain language summaries into the publication plan from the outset. So plan for plain language summaries from the start, building in the necessary processes as you go along to ensure it's timely publication alongside the abstracts and other manuscripts and finally I think my last top tip would be to not forget to include the patient and care advice in the process 
patients and carers with their expertise and their experiences really add an invaluable lens and experience to the process and they're already involved in writing, reviewing and sense checking plain language summaries so it seems appropriate that they are part of this process rather than being forgotten out of the picture altogether. Thank you Simon, that's really helpful. So it's clear that more and more patients want um, information on new clinical research and they really do value having these summaries that they could cl clearly understand on the most up-to-date clinical research relevant to them. So I just want to say thank you very much to our speaker, Simon Stones, for sharing his thoughts and all his experience and expertise. This has been the second podcast of two on publication plain language summaries. The first podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, focuses on plain language summaries from the pharma perspective. If you are a MAPS member, thank you for your support of MAPS. And if you're not yet a MAPS member and would like to access additional resources in this area, please visit the MAPS website to explore joining today at medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. And this concludes the POSC podcast. Thank you.